0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Violent Reiki Radio. I would like to thank the founders of the Seika Network, who have given me this wonderful opportunity to bring to you each week the show and talk to the public, where we talk about all things Reiki, all things concerning Reiki, uh, surrounding Reiki, the discovery, its roots, its practice where Reiki is going today in the health field, and more. Reiki is universal life force energy. It is an intelligent energy of love and wholeness. It understands the cause of problems and what healing is necessary. Reiki energy has a wisdom of its own, healing and balancing all aspects of a person's mind, body, emotions, and spirit. Reiki is a blessing, an instantaneously conferred sacred potential for healing, protection, and personal and spiritual development. I'm your host, Rosie Menez, and I am the founder and owner of Violet Rose Reiki. You can find me on Facebook as Violet Rose Reiki. My website is www.violetrosereiki.com. If you'd like to email me with any Reiki questions you may have, send your email to Rose at VioletRoseReiki.com. You can also find me on most social media under the name Violet Rose Reiki. And on Facebook, I have a page called Reiki Ward. And Reiki Ward was formed three years ago almost. And it was to afford everyone globally with the opportunity to request distance healing. And we do distance healing for humans and animals as well. And you can put in a request for yourself, a friend, a relative, anyone. Just post on Reiki Ward. If you put it in the search box on Facebook, you will find it. Put your request in the same way you would post on a friend's wall, and we will get to it. We do two to three rounds of healing every day at a minimum. And once we start your request, we then put it on our healing crystal grid to receive twenty-four-seven healing energy. So and I I have to say on Reiki Ward now, we used to have about two to three hundred practitioners sending Reiki out. Now we're up to about somewhere around six hundred Reiki practitioners doing distance healing daily coming out of Reiki Ward. So if you are looking for healing, as I said, for you or a friend or a relative, just put your request up there. Evening, I am so excited to welcome as a very special guest, Dr. Sheldon Mark Feldman. Dr. Feldman is the chief of breast surgery at New York Presbyterian Hospital, Columbia University Medical Center in New York City. He oversees the Breast Cancer Surgery Program at the Comprehensive Breast Center of the Herbert Irving Comprehensive Cancer Center at New York, Presbyterian, Columbia. And he works in close collaboration with a multidisciplinary team of radiologists, medical oncologists, radiation oncologists, plastic surgeons, and other breast cancer support staff. Dr. Feldman is helping to pioneer the use of the ductoscope, which is a tiny endoscope inserted through the patient's nipple used for diagnosis, surveillance, and treatment of cancer patients. His research using this device may help lead to a simple test for early diagnosis that could eventually be the equivalent of a pap smear for breast cancer. Dr. Feldman anticipates, that the intraductal approach will ultimately be used to treat early breast cancer as well as ablating the milk ducts to prevent cancer development for high-risk women as an alternative to mastectomy. A leader in the minimally invasive breast cancer surgery, Dr. Feldman was instrumental in developing the transmammary axillary lymph node evaluation procedure which requires only a single incision for lumpectomy and sentinel lymph node biopsy he's also an expert in oncoplastic skin sparing and nipple preserving mastectomy his research interests are focused on preventing the disease through a better understanding of environmental toxins linked to breast cancer including chlorinated pesticides, PCBs, and PBDEs, and he is helping to investigate a new biopharmaceutical treatments or new biopharmaceutical treatments, including green tea extract and vitamin D. So we will be welcoming Dr. Feldman in just a little bit. And... I wish I could give you guys a website or something, but if you want more information on Dr. Feldman and his work, feel free to send me an email and send it to Rose at com, and I will forward it on and um, get it to Dr. Feldman and we'll come back to you with an answer to your question. All right, I'm going to take a tiny little break here. And just to get you guys in the breaky mood, we're going to play the Gokai song. I believe we have Dr. Feldman. Let me just check. Hello. Is Hello. Is this Dr. Feldman?
2: Hi. Good evening.
1: Hi. I I didn't recognize the number.
2: <laughs> okay. No, it is me, and uh, it's a pleasure to be with you tonight.
1: Oh, thank you. I have to thank you on behalf of every Reiki practitioner in the United States for the work you're doing and for the, the support that you're giving Reiki uh it's amazing i'm just i don't i can't thank you enough on my behalf, and I'm sure all of my Reiki colleagues would feel the same and do feel the same
2: well i you know I have to thank you and all of the wonderful Reiki practitioners for providing such wonderful healing for my patients
1: yeah i I just I love it I love everything that you're doing so let's start with Dr. Feldman. How did you start having Reiki in your operating room? How did you how did you um, come into the Reiki relationship?
2: Well, you know, I became interested in nontraditional approaches to helping patients. Um, unfortunately, through some difficult life experience, when my older sister Fern uh, was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer when she was thirty five. And this this was many years ago. Uh, I was actually in training at that time. I was a third-year surgical resident at NYU, and she had this very serious breast cancer diagnosis. And so I, she had three small children at that time. She was living in Florida. And um, I spent time in Florida with her to try to help her medically and also just to support her. And she really took this on in every way to try to stay alive and to try to stay healthy and pursued both you know traditional chemotherapy and and non-traditional healing approaches and it was really you know eye-opening for me to actually see that during a time when she had a very serious health issue that by incorporating energy healing and nutrition and meditation and you know lots of things this was in the in the in the mid to late 70s And a lot of these modalities were were kind of newish in terms of use in the United States. And what struck me was that in spite of her disease, that she was experiencing probably the best health that she had ever really felt in her life, that she was vibrant, that she was, you know, energetic. And, you know, it opened my eyes to the fact that there were things beyond the things we do medically in terms of surgery, radiation, chemotherapy that actually are incredibly beneficial and many of these things are not necessarily proven by rigorous scientific studies. But in my path to try to be the best healer that I could be, it became clear to me that really we want to explore every modality of healing to make sure that we vet it well. And if it's beneficial for patients, then we want to incorporate it. So it was an eye-opener for me, not specifically about Reiki, but about you know sort of non-traditional healing approaches. And then as the years went on, unfortunately, my sister did pass, you know, when she was 37, very tragic, but it stayed with me that, you know, we want to really be open medically to all modalities of healing. And and I had experience then in the early 80s and mid-80s um, with patients, you know, and I, as I began to work specifically with patients with breast cancer, it really struck me that you know, the loss of the breast if a woman really had advanced cancer and needed to have a mastectomy, that it was just, it was devastating. And to try to help my patients begin to process and come to an understanding and acceptance of the loss of the breast, that we just, there was nothing good in medicine that would help with that. So I became aware of the practice of Reiki and other forms of energy healing. I don't know if that's exactly the right term. I know that Reiki is very unique. But I kind of do, from maybe a naive point of view, you know, lump Reiki with some other energy healing modalities, and began to see how having my patients work with Reiki practitioners, you know prior to surgery, preparing for surgery and during surgery was really transformative. I mean, this, these women did very well. They had very little pain, they had very little bleeding during surgery. Their recovery was quicker, and on an emotional level, they really could accept this terrible loss of the breast, I think, you know, much better than, than women who didn't have this available to them. So that really opened my eyes to this.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, very, very good. I remember reading about your sister, I'm I'm sorry for your loss, and she had said to you that she had back pain. She had pains in her back. And, you know, I have a friend of mine that just was diagnosed with uh, cancer. She has two masses in her brain and one in the lungs. No no physical symptoms, you know, it's just like there doesn't seem to be a lot of physical symptoms that would indicate to a person, uh-oh, you know, I think I might have cancer.
2: Is that right? right? Yeah, well, it can be very variable. I mean, you know, my sister's case, you know, it turned out that she had a very, very tiny cancer in her breast, but unfortunately it was very, very aggressive and then had presented only after it had spread, you know, through the bloodstream to her bones, and she had terrible bone pain, and that was the that was the clue. So, you know, the you know, we we talk about breast cancer like it's one disease, or other types of cancer. Now, the good thing is that the science is really progressing very rapidly, and we can identify different classes of cancer based upon the biology of the cancer, the genetics of the cancer, and more and more now we're discovering you know, targeted therapies which really hit the targets in the cancer that really keep them going. And this is, I mean, for me, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, taking care of patients with cancer. And this, no doubt, that this is the most exciting time ever. And the acceleration in knowledge and advances in treatment, you know, are really happening at an amazing pace. And my prediction is that even within a year or two, this field is going to be radically transformed to the benefit of patients. And and that keeps me on, you know, my my overarching philosophy is really trying to be as minimally invasive from the surgical point of view as we can to preserve, you know, good quality of life and not have patients have a lot of side effects from going through treatments but at the same time having effective treatments and, and looking at the whole patient, not just curing the disease, but really, you know, we want to treat the patient, not the disease.
1: Right. So your mindset kind of, it leans, it's more, uh, well, not more, but you do combine Eastern medical philosophy with Western, which is great.
2: No, absolutely. So I think one of the really transformative metaphors that I became aware of, um, and this was, you know, kind of late 80s, early 90s, uh, was some of the work that Dr. Mehmet Oz was doing at at Columbia. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people know who Dr. Oz is now. He's... He has a TV show, he's America's doctor, and he's really oh, yeah. an, an advocate of um, I think uh, you know, looking at healthful approaches in general, not just traditional medical approaches. And it, you know, the metaphor and it really resonates with my patients when I tell them this, but you know, imagine, God forbid, that you have to have a heart transplant, which Doctor Oz did. He's a heart surgeon and he's many, right. many, many transplants for many years. And, you know, so what does that really mean? It means that, you know, someone's going to cut your heart out and put someone else's heart in your body. And, you know, pretty pretty big deal. So um, the main worry about patients having heart transplants is rejection. And what does rejection mean? And we know that, you know, from a from a scientific point of view, there are antibodies and there's rejection, but we know, you know, the mind-body is connected. And rejection, although it may be measurable in terms of blood tests, rejection also has an emotional component. And so if someone has the opportunity to really thank their heart for keeping them alive for many, many years and performing well for them and say goodbye to their heart and welcome the new heart into their body, energetically, one would think that their chance of, quote-unquote, rejection would be less. And what Dr. Oz was able to demonstrate is by, by working with with Reiki uh, masters and Reiki healers, uh, and to prepare patients for surgery and during surgery, that actually the rejection rate was was very very low, much lower than without it. So that was sort of an obvious one to me, and I think patients really understand that that being able to have this you know emotional acceptance of a change in the in the, in the body um, in, in in a drastic way can only lead to Improvement in health and outcome, and I certainly see that in patients who have mastectomies, which is typically where most patients um, that I take care of uh, will have Reiki healers. Although I, we, I actually had a Reiki healer with me earlier this week in the operating room and preoperatively, you know, a wonderful woman um, named Raven Keys that I've worked <laughs> with a lot. She's written books, and you know, I think she's right. probably well known in your community.
0: Right. And
2: this particular patient, without this, you know disclosing too much. Has other significant, besides her breast cancer, she has other significant life health issues, a uh, potentially very serious neurological condition that's genetic. And again, I don't want to give too many specifics about her, but that was really overarching for her that just she's had poor health, and now she has a breast cancer to deal with. And you add that all up, and it's in it, going through major surgery, It's it's a huge stress. And I mean, the experience for her, you know, when I see her prior to surgery, and Raven is doing Reiki for her, and she's really in in an amazing sort of like a state of grace. I mean, she's very calm, going into surgery, feeling very confident and very relaxed, knowing that Raven's there with her throughout the surgery, and, and when she wakes up that she'll be there. And, you know, she has a wonderful husband, great family, friends. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's this other factor that I think really can be quite amazingly beneficial for patients and you know, my my job as as a doctor and as a healer is to make sure whatever modalities may be beneficial um I want to have available for my patients.
1: Right. And we are having Raven on uh next month. I'm not sure the date, maybe the 23rd, but we are definitely having Raven Keys on Violet Reiki Radio next month. Great. Uh, yeah I think it's great you two working together. This is fantastic. She's another one who she's very supportive. She is very out there in helping Reiki become more known, more mainstream and you know she's one of the people who really gets the correct information out there because there's so much information there's so much wrong information about Reiki, and uh things tend to go haywire. Um, the internet can be a good thing and the internet can be a bad thing.
0: <laughs> right. Because there's
1: just as much wrong stuff out there as there is right stuff. And um, I think it's up to the people who are Reiki masters and, and teachers and to to set the record straight, kind of, you know. Sure. And, and thanks sure. to you guys, the doctors. I mean, Dr. Oz, his wife is a Reiki master, which is great. So I'm very thankful to you guys for helping out.
0: Well, the other thing that's do. amazing
2: that continually, even though I've been, you know, doing this kind of work together with Reiki Healers for for many, many years now, probably maybe 25 years, it's a long time. But every time, to me, actually, besides the patient experience, which is always very positive, the thing that I enjoy the most, and I really enjoy enormously, you know, being at Columbia, which is, you know, an academic medical center, teaching center, and we have levels of, you know, we have... Pre-med students, we have medical students, we have residents, we have fellows, we have, you know, we have nursing students, we have anesthesia residents. So when the patient comes in the operating room, um, and you know, Raven or another Reiki healer is there, and you know, a lot of people are like, well, what is she doing here? You know, what what is this about? You know, what's happening here? And as they begin to understand, you know, what the work is about, and it really, actually refocuses the entire team to remember that their role is to be a healer. And this is all about the patient. And every interaction and every bit of the experience for the patient should be directed to them. Because sometimes operating rooms, unfortunately, and I think you probably know this, and many people probably do, maybe from from bad TV, you know, soap operas and things like that, you know, it's impersonal. There's someone on the table. It's like next. There's another operation to be done. It's very kind of ritualized and routine and not necessarily very patient centered. So it really reminds everyone in the room, you know, why are we here? Why are we doing this? Isn't this an honor and a privilege to be able to help people in this way? So it turns out to be a very positive experience for the whole healthcare team and the environment. So you know, I, I love it.
1: Well yeah, it kinda sets the focus or sets the intent just by the fact that you're saying okay this person is the reiki person and then everybody goes oh yeah the reiki the healing and so yeah that's that's wonderful because everybody starts thinking in their own psyche their own mind, they're all united in that one like you said healing uh procedure then
2: right right so it's right.
1: unity it's unity of the minds at that point
2: exactly and you know many many patients in preparation for this big experience you know, we'll write some things that they want to have a say, some positive statements about the outcome. And, you know, often they're reading something maybe to thank the team for caring for them. It's just, it, it's it's a lovely moment.
1: Yeah, it, that's great. That, that's really holism there. Everybody's in it for the same reason at the same time. And the most important thing, I believe, is that everybody's in the present and in the now. It helps right. bring them into
2: the now, which is very important. Right, right. But you know, as, as I'm sure you experience, and as as your listeners experience, you know, there's healthy skepticism, you know, about this, and you know, we want to have more science, and we want to have more outcome studies, and we'll get them. I mean, you know, we have we have studies planned. Really, it's just a question of funding. I mean, we have to, we need funding to do research. I mean, even very simple research looking at the efficacy of, of Reiki, and we have perfect instruments to measure the benefits, Um, you know, it it will come. And and when it comes, I think it will be a great thing because it will make this a less exceptional experience and and more the norm and more regular care. You know, now it's somewhat restricted to patients who, you know, are interested or sort of inclined or know about it, you know, and um, so, you know, it's, it's a relatively small percentage of patients who can benefit from this. But I think down the road, you know, it will it will become much more widespread. And, you know, I think the skepticism, it's always good in, in, in science and medicine to be skeptical. Um, but I think there's a fundamental break point, which, you know, I certainly got to many years ago, and I think more and more some doctors are, is that, you know, there are things that really are true and work and benefit patients that we can't prove, that we just cannot prove, you know, and that they haven't been proven Yet we continue to do them on a day-in-day-out basis because we know they work. So I think there's a certain level of faith and acceptance. And I kind of, you know, when I th- when I talk about that and think about that, you know, I think about the power of prayer. Now, you know, there've been a lot of studies looking at prayer and you know, prayer, remote prayer, and you know, I know you do remote Reiki, and but certainly, I think very few, even hardcore, very traditional conservative doctors would discourage patients or their family from having prayer to help them heal. I mean, I think we would all think that that's probably a pretty good thing. Maybe some atheists would, but, you know, generally speaking. And I kind of, you know, see, although, you know, know, I'm certainly not saying Reiki is prayer, you know, but I think I kind of can understand it and, and, and share that with other doctors, you know, in that way. And it kind of makes sense that you know there are forces in the universe and spirituality which likely are very beneficial that we can access and and we should be open to them.
1: Right, and like a lot of people say, you know, we all we all say the same thing. Don't think that Reiki is a replacement for medicine just because someone wants to come to Reiki and feels that Reiki can be helpful. Yes, it can be helpful but it's not a replacement for medicine, your doctor, and, and that kind of health care. So, um, you know, we, we want to make sure that people know that because it works, it complements medicine and doctors and, and what you guys do, but never should you leave one for the other.
2: Right. I know that's uh, usually important point, usually really important.
1: Yeah. Now, question, what do you think the best, description for Reiki would be, because I've heard these four uh, descriptions, and I'd like to uh, see what you think is the best. We have, it's a complementary modality, it's holistic, it's alternative, and it's integrative. So yeah. to you, which word goes better with, with Reiki? If you Yeah, I think
2: complementary is really the best. I mean, alternative is kind of like either or, like choose one. Yeah. Um, I think holistic has kind of lost its meaning. I mean, I think complementary is you know it's it's really it's it's complementing the additional the other treatments that are already happening that these different modalities complement each other. So I think it's a positive term, and you know I, I really like that term the best.
1: I agree, and I I have I advise people that they should use a complementary cocktail. Which is kind of what i do um huh. i I use Reiki along with um chiropractic sometimes I alternate the chiropractic with acupuncture and massage and as far as I'm concerned, those three things are what keep me going now somebody else could put together another you know bunch of complementary therapies that help them and sure. find the comp- the complementary cocktail is definitely the thing for me.
2: <laughs> right. Well, they all sound like great modalities, and I think they all have a role for sure. Yeah.
1: Now, you mentioned research, and I know um, when I met you in 2012 at the New York City Reiki Conference, research seems to be a problem because of funding. Correct. Um Yeah. But uh, do you know of any research that's out there now or any new studies that we should be paying attention to or following?
2: Well, there aren't, unfortunately, and I think, you know, so so the key is, you know, there are anecdotes and there are small pilots, but really what needs to be done and what we plan to do, and, you know, we have actually, I have some help from people who are interested, and we're doing some Kickstarter stuff to raise funds. I mean, even to do a very simple just outcome study with some physiological measures of a, of a, of a adequate number of patients that will be scientifically valid, will probably be almost $100,000 to do that. It sounds insane, but the key is that the quality right. of the research really has to be impeccable. And if you're going to do right. a study, there's no point in doing a study that's not going to be the perfect study. It really has exactly. to be done in a way. So you need good statisticians, you need good study. I mean, it really, it does require a team. You need research assistants. I mean, it just cannot be done in a casual way. So, you know, you know, I'm I'm patient. You know, it's been a long time, um, but I'm certain that we will get this done, and I think it will be quite landmark because we'll have outcomes. I mean, I don't know the outcome. I mean, I, I I think I know the way the study will turn out, but I you know maybe it won't, maybe it won't show as much benefit as I think. But I you know you just see it you know in your own in your own experience with patients who who have the benefit of Reiki, and you know it's hard to imagine that it won't be a positive study, but I think this is vitally important, and, uh, you know, so we're... And, you know, priorities... I mean, I have I have 30 different research projects, you know, pretty much at all times that we're working on, and, you know, and most of them are related to, you know, better surgical techniques, better medication, prevention, minimally invasive approaches, preventing complications from surgery like lymphedema, I mean, on and on and on, and, you know, these are each usually important, and you know as as you probably know and as your as your as your uh, as your listeners probably know that more and more it's it's just tighter and tighter to get funding from the NCI and from other sources cuz there are a lot of good people doing research competing for the same dollars so when we look at research dollars for what we call softer science which this really is
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know as i mean if i could come up with the, the best drug tomorrow that would 100% cure patients who have the worst kind of breast cancer that certainly trumps my study on proving the efficacy of reiki right i mean you, right. Mm-hmm. so that's the challenge is you know is really getting real dollars to do you know quote unquote softer research which is usually important will have a great impact on on the quality of the experience patients go through when they have to go through breast cancer treatment, whether it's chemotherapy or surgery or, or diagnostic biopsies, et cetera. It's not just about surgery. Um, uh, but it's a challenge because we're, you know, we have other priorities as well that we're trying to fund. So.
1: Yeah, it's, it falls to priority. And, um, I could see where, you know, something like Reiki would be on the lower end of priority, but, uh, Oh, hopefully we'll get uh, people like you said the the Kickstarter thing. The I don't know. It seems to me that doing your own funding now is is having a much greater um, impact. Like people are doing the Indiegogo thing and the GoFundMe and the Kickstarter right. programs.
0: No, it's phenomenal. It's, it's, it's wonderful. I
1: mean, someone raised something like thirty thousand dollars plus just to help them with something and i'm looking at that saying well okay if if john jones could raise thirty seven dollars plus for his own surgery or his own home issues whatever they had going on i don't remember exactly if we put something out there that said hey people this is to do research you know medical research and i think it would be a a, a blast of a program and i'm hoping to see more of that happening because it seems like individually we all are a lot stronger than right. going to some kind of government agency or some big agency or something. Something. It's, this is just my concept of these these funding things um, is starting to turn into.
2: Right, right, right. Well, certainly, you know, I mean, if if you know, if there are members of your listenership or within the Reiki community, you know that um, that want to help with this effort. I mean, I think this is critical because I think it will really open the door. Because what we want, we want this modality to be available for all patients. We want insurance companies to be able to cover it, to understand. You know, the good thing that's happening environmentally now in medicine, as you probably know, is that the measurement of quality and outcomes has expanded. So a lot of it used to be about, you know, of course, survival, recurrence, and then, you know, infections, blood clots, pneumonia, you know, things that are quite measurable. But now patient-centered outcomes are becoming a major quality standard. And it's extremely important that in measuring how well a doctor or a hospital is doing in taking care of their patients, that actually there be feedback from the patients about what the experience was like. And that's certainly a perfect fit with Reiki and with the benefits of Reiki, because it can transform very, very, stressful and very difficult medical experiences into ones that are really are, are much easier to navigate. So I think the environment and the landscape is changing in a way that um, that's demonstrating these outcomes and, and the impact of demonstrating these outcomes will be gigantic. So if we fast forward, we've done this study. It shows that patients who are having mastectomies for breast cancer or, you know, whatever the, whatever the procedure is, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter, that they have less pain and they have less nausea and they have a quicker recovery than patients who don't, well, people are going to line up to want to pay for that and make sure that that happens because the payers, the insurance companies, the hospitals, everything is aligned, right? We want patients to have a good outcome. We want it to cost less. We want them to get back into their normal working environment, their normal life as quickly as possible. So I, 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 I do think, and I'm very optimistic that there will be a quantum shift once we have this data available um, that will allow more patients to benefit from achy.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I have to say, I have found in the people and the clients who I've treated who had cancer and were going through the chemotherapy and the radiation, I did get, and I, I, I didn't think to like do a study or keep track of it, but I did get the same thing from everybody. They said that the Reiki helped them tremendously with the pain, the nausea, and a lot of the other symptoms that they were getting from the chemo and the radiation and uh, the therapies. So I was very happy to hear that because, um, you know, I've had a lot of people in my family pass from cancer, mother's side and father's side. And uh, I kind of really – I have a soft side for cancer patients, let's just say. So, um, yeah. And I'm going to give you my commitment, Dr. Feldman, that if you need my help with anything, you let me know, and I'm behind you. I will support you, whoever is doing this, and I will support you 100%. Well I, I'm here.
2: I, no, I appreciate that very much. Certainly, you know, if there are people within the Reiki community who want to help support this research, If you know there are people that we know who are you know of of the status where they can where they can donate, I mean that that would be gigantic. It would be gigantic, and you know I I mean I think if we can get this done, it will be very meaningful. And I I think until we get this pivotal trial done, that it's going to be a little bit on the edges. So I think this is really our next step to get this to get this. uh, So I'm, I'm happy to share. I don't know. I mean I know on your intro you mentioned about the website, so. The Columbia Breast Cancer website is just breastmd.org, so it's a very easy one. And certainly if people want to reach me directly, my email, I'm happy to share that with you or, you know, whatever whatever you think is appropriate, you know, with your listenership. Um, If
1: you don't mind um, sharing your email, I'll let them know, and I'll also type this into the chat room.
2: Sure, yeah. So it's just uh, my initials, sf2388 at columbia.edu and uh you know this i mean nothing would make me happier than being able to get this study done and uh, be able to look at this you know in a in a rigorous scientific way and i think i think it will be quite landmark i think it will really change the landscape so what whatever we can do energetically to to move that forward and you know like a lot of things in life basically it comes up to, it comes down to some money right right
1: Okay, we are going to take a brief break for a couple of minutes, and we're going to come back, and I have a question coming to you from the chat room.
2: Okie doke. Okie doke.
0: Listening to Violet Reiki Radio on the Seika Network through blogtalkradio.com with your host, Reiki Sheehan Rose Jimenez, your source for all things Reiki in love, light, and healing.
1: Okay, and we are back with Dr. Sheldon Mark Feldman, Chief uh, Chief of Breast Surgery at New York Presbyterian Hospital, Columbia University Medical Center. Uh, In case you guys have questions, the number here in studio is 347-677-0699. And speaking of questions, Dr. Feldman, we have a question from the chat room that says, Is there a statistical difference between a breast cancer patient having Reiki prior to surgery and post-surgery versus just someone who has Reiki only after the surgery?
2: Well, you know, it's a great question. Um, We certainly don't have um, data that can really answer that in terms of statistics. But I can tell you that in my experience, one of the greatest benefits of reiki uh is in helping patients prepare prepare for surgery and for the surgical experience so i think generally speaking it's much preferable for patients to meet with and 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 interact with a reiki practitioner prior to surgery and you know generally that's directly you know in contact but I certainly have had many patients for different reasons. We've even done it via phone conversations and remotely. Uh, And then for that to continue, you know, throughout the surgery and, and afterwards, I think that's definitely the best approach.
1: Okay, great. And I have a caller on the line. Let's get her on. Hi, you're on the line with Rose and Dr. Feldman. Hi, Rose
3: and Doctor Feldman, how are you?
2: Hi, right, great.
3: I'm great Lorinda, how are you? I'm fine, Rose. How are you?
1: I'm great. I'm I'm just so happy tonight.
3: <laughs> yes, I know, I can tell. It's great to have Doctor Feldman on the line. Wonderful. It is. Um, I have a question, Doctor Feldman. In that, that research project that you're you're would like to start or study or do, um, would you have it? If you were constructing your research design, would you have it as a two-arm study or a three-arm study?
2: Well, you know, we we've debated that. Um, I think that some of the study so it's a little bit circular because some of the study design depends on uh, our our level of funding because we'll need to have the appropriate number of patients for each arm. That could lead us to you know results that would be statistically significant. Right. So, I mean, the two arms, the obvious two arms, you know, would be Reiki, yes or no. Um, you know, other arms could include other modalities, and we've looked okay. at that in terms of, you know, music therapy, sound machine, you know, instructional materials, um literature and preparation, so um, ideally I think three arms would be great, but I think two arms will really, um, for certainly the initial study, I'd rather have a two-arm study that's adequately powered with enough patients in each arm um, that really uh, would be impactful. So I think, oh. I think funding is the key, but I'd be interested in your thoughts as well.
3: Oh, geez. Um I'm not a researcher. I'm just... Uh... Reiki person who really would like to see this modality and other complementary modalities move forward and be um, recognized as well as what Reiki is in Colombia and, and other facilities. So from design, um, it's it's hard to try and think of something that's going to show have longevity and it's going to have a big enough study based database so that you can get that statistical analysis in there to show, yes, there is a good and it's a strong, robust study so that it looks like we are making a difference. Right,
2: right, right. And
3: so that's why I'm thinking if it was three arms, whether it's Reiki, whether it's meditation, or whether you have somebody who is the control group where they don't have any, any access to any complementary therapies, I'm wondering that might show something or because for me as a practitioner, um, yes, you can have a practitioner who is a sham practitioner, but with um, more exposure of people to the word of Reiki or having a Reiki treatment down the road to do a study like yours, it may be difficult to find individuals who don't have a bias one way or another towards Reiki.
2: Right. No, no. It's not a simple study to do. You're right. And, you know, the good news is that there are really amazing people who are part of my team who really, I think, will be able to construct this in a way that will really be very, very rigorous and scientifically uh, impactful. And, you know, but, you know, so, I mean, because, you know, a lot of the outcomes, I mean, we can measure cortisol levels, stress, you know, stress response at different time points. I mean, that's certainly a pretty common uh, modality that's looked at for. Uh, outcome, but I think actually, um, you know, the surveys and, and patient experience questionnaires that have now been validated are really quite robust, and 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 they're really um, they can factor in a lot of the individual variations to get to get a lot of strong. I mean, you know, I guess for me, um, if Reiki is the best modality, that's great if another modality is also very effective or even more effective that's great as well if it turns out that meditation but i think you know as i'm sure you know as a practitioner um you know that there are different modalities that will resonate and be more effective with different patients based upon their their life experience and their belief system yes and you know i have patients that i present reiki to who look at me like no, I mean, they're either very religious or maybe cat. you know, they see it as devil worship. I mean, you know, there's all kind of oh, yeah. scenarios, you know, so that this is not a good modality for someone if it's not going to be kind of in their wheelhouse in terms of their belief system. But I think the Correct. fundamental concept that approaches like Reiki can have significant benefit for patients, just getting that established, once we get that, I think it'll be easy to then look at different modalities and see which based upon patient characteristics, you know, if it's not Reiki maybe it's something else, but you know, it really gets gets the ball rolling, which I think is is the most important next step.
3: Oh, I agree. Having that next step would be wonderful. <laughs> totally wonderful.
2: I agree. Yeah,
1: hopefully we can do that. I mean, like Dr. Feldman said before, um the the main Stone in the way right now is the money, the funding to get research done. But uh, I don't know how you feel, Lorinda, but I I think these these new funding vehicles that are coming out are fantastic, and maybe we could actually pull one of these off and, and raise a hundred thousand dollars for research.
3: I think you're right. I think it's it could easily be possible. Um, not necessarily easy. Because we'd have to be doing a whole lot of talking and we'd have to, you know, go out to our network. And it wouldn't matter whether somebody gave us $2 that they weren't going to spend on their coffee that day or whether they gave us, you know, a, a nice uh, nest egg of $1,000. It, it wouldn't really matter how much we got just as long as that ball got rolling and um, people were contributing because it's um, it would be an investment that the worldwide Reiki community could do for itself.
2: Yeah, well,
1: would be
2: great. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I guess there is not. I should know this, but I, I guess I haven't. But I mean, you know, if there are foundations within the Reiki community um, that would are interested in supporting research or maybe establishing a foundation, you know. But I, but I think my understanding is, it seems like the network of Reiki practitioners is is pretty well organized. So maybe this becomes you know, a goal by itself, not necessarily to, to necessarily fund this one particular study, but to begin to look at a way, you know, just from a strategic plan, how do we begin to put together um, the infrastructure to have a foundation whose intention would be to advance Reiki research and, and, and application. So even look at it as a little, you know, bigger overarching Concept, because that would be maybe more enduring because you know if we get the study done, there'll be more studies that we'll want to do I mean, it won't be, it won't be done with one study. I mean they'll certainly give us great momentum and get the ball rolling. But you know I think in terms of organizational structure we we may want to look a little a little larger
3: i I like that idea a lot, thank you
1: for that. I like that. yeah, I like that idea a lot too. that sounds uh sounds very positive, sounds like something we could actually get off the ground, yeah. Wow, I like it. Um, Okay, so let me see how much time we have left. Is like nine minutes? In summary, Dr. Feldman, where do you think, well, you said it before, but where do you think we're going with this Reiki? Uh, You think it's going to be even more so embraced by the public and more so embraced by the medical community?
2: Oh, I think it will be. I mean, I think that, you know, I mean, just... The experience I've had just with with medical students and residents at Columbia. I mean, the, you know, the future are these young doctors, and they're exposed to this, and they understand the significance, and they see the patient's response. So it's becoming part of their education, which I think is really vital that, you know, this become a more normative experience. You know, the frustrating thing is that it's not an everyday thing, and it's not just – kind of routine. So as we get, you know, to demonstrate the efficacy scientifically and as this gets to be more and more routine and as more young doctors and nurses are exposed to this, I think we'll become very, very normal care. I mean our nurses, you know, we have many nurses in the pre op area in the hospital, our nursing leadership. Many of them have done Reiki training and many of them many of them are doing Reiki kind of, you know, a little bit on the sly. Just in their role as whatever their sort of day job is, you know, and taking mm-hmm. care of patients. So I, I, I do see, and, I, and um, that there's a, a real growth of the application, even in uh, you know, in a, in a more casual way, within the, within the medical enterprise. And I think that will I think that will continue. Yeah,
1: I can. Uh... I can definitely see that it's growing. Uh, Since I started doing Reiki, which was 12 years ago, there's definitely been a boom. Um, About six years ago or so, I had presented Reiki to a couple of the hospitals here on Long Island. They were not too accepting of it, but I think things are changing. I see the change, and I see a positive change, which I'm very happy about.
2: Right, And, and a lot of that change, again, I go back to it, but hospitals are beginning to realize, you know, there are all these systems for rating hospitals, you know, whether it's U.S. News and World News and World Report or you know, Magnet status for nursing, et cetera, et cetera. And the hospitals—they're all—they're in competition. You know, it's a business; they're in competition for patients, right? Unfortunately, right. that's that's the reality. But again, more and more, they're valuing the patient experience. And what are the components of the patient experience? And, you know, some is like, you know, someone pick up the phone you call, you know, were people nice to you, you know. But, you know, when patients have serious illness and they have to deal with that and major surgeries and major treatments going on, if there's a modality which is demonstrated to really make that less stressful and the, the treatment's more successful for the patients, that will be measurable, and the hospital administrators will line up for that they will want that to be part of their program because it works so That's i right. think these things, i think the time is good i think it's really right on right on target and you know so i think the the market forces and uh, you know i'm in columbia you know they new york presbyterian they you know you know we put patients first amazing things are happening here i mean you know it's sort of like a motto but i think more and more on a day in day out basis the administrators And the physician leaders really say, yeah, this is a real thing. We want to make this better. And, you know, there are some things you can do tangibly which are environmental, but certainly day-in, day-out interaction by having more patients, uh, more, more practitioners and workers in the hospital who know what Reiki is, who can apply Reiki principles. I mean, I think it's going to become very, very important.
1: I agree with you, and i'm glad I'm glad uh, that this is happening. I can tell myself by the calls I get from people asking me now, and that's been really it's been happening i think since about two thousand thirteen to the present, I do get a call every so often with people asking me if I accept insurance, and I say to them unfortunately, no, you know we can't, but hopefully we'll get to a point where we can
2: right exactly that'll that'll be. That'll be big.
1: Yeah, because, you know, a lot of people just can't afford it. And I'll tell people, you know, Reiki is something where you just don't come for one Reiki treatment and you walk out of my office and you're fine. Sometimes you need more treatments. You need to have, you know, um, two, three. It depends on the condition. It depends on where you're coming to the Reiki. So the only way I can help people with that is to have a sliding scale and discounts for multiple treatments when needed and that kind of thing. But... Unfortunately, at this point, like I said, we can't take insurance. But hopefully, we'll be able to, as this becomes more and more uh, mainstream and more and more um, proven that it does help.
2: Well, I feel like we went through this over the years, you know, somewhat, you know, with you know, massage therapy, with acupuncture. I mean, other modalities that, you know, with time. You know, the understanding of the value and there's been acceptance and you know, some of the insurance companies have, have gone along with it and, and now there you know there can be coverage. So I think there's a precedent. Um but again I think you really have to have outcome studies that are gonna really let us get to that next step. And that's why I think this research is so critical. I agree.
1: It's it's always best to have it in black and white because there's just you know, if it's in black and white and it's in print and it's in front of your face there's no way that
2: you can deny it, well, you know the mantra in healthcare now is very much so, and it's actually you know doctors now will be you know it's it's what's called pay for performance, you know right. the payers, whether it's the government or the insurance companies they they will pay and maybe even pay a higher rate for better outcomes, so you know it happens with hospitals, a bigger hospital that is excellent at doing a certain kind of procedure or has high volume or takes care of a lot of breast cancer pay. You know, will be the insurance companies really want their patients to go there because the patients do better. And if they do better, it actually costs the insurance company less. So it's the basic Exactly. So you know, as as you as you demonstrate that, you know, Reiki can contribute to that, it actually saves money for the payers and for the healthcare system.
1: Right. Well, I want to thank you very much again, Dr. Feldman, for being my guest. I, I'm so honored. And um, hopefully we'll have you back. Maybe, you know, the next time we have a big breakthrough in Reiki, we'll have you on again. And uh, keep doing what you do because you do it really well.
2: Right. Well, thank you, Rose. It's really a, a pleasure and an honor to be on the show. And, and you as well and the Reiki community keep doing your wonderful work and uh, and helping lots of people. Thank you. All right, right. take care.
0: You
1: too. Great weekend. All right, people, that's about all the time we have this evening. Um, Like I said, um, the lady who works with Dr. Feldman in the operating room, Raven Keys, uh, Reiki master teacher, among other things, she will be with us in April. hope you guys listen in again. And if you have anyone who missed this live broadcast, they can click on the same link, And listen to it in the archives. I thank you all for listening. Have a great evening and have a lovely weekend full of love, light, and healing.